So I'm starting the recording now. Okay, so um, can you start by telling me a little bit about yourself in terms of how old you are, how you identify as a person, and where you're from? Okay. Um, just just as a pre uh, like to start off, I, I have a chest cold and a, I have the hiccups right now, so I might have to, um, you might be hearing some of that. Um, okay. But um, my name is Cameron Lev. I'm, I just turned 20 years old. Um, how I identify as a person, you mean like gender-wise? Um, yeah. Uh, I, my pronouns are he, him. Um, I identify as a cis male. And um, where I'm from, I'm from Jersey, uh, like the suburbs, like 40, 40 minute train ride uh, from uh, New York City. Okay. And what kind of family did you grow up in, in terms of how many siblings there are and in terms of how your family feels about family size, having children and how many children? Yeah, so it's actually just me. I'm, I'm an only child. Um, and um, my, uh, my parents, like, we're never going to have a big family. Um, but there was some deliberation, I think, over having another child, and ultimately they decided not to. Um, but they were never considering more than uh, two children. Um, my mom is, par- is a sibling of three, and my dad is the sibling of two. Um, so, yeah. And did your parents, to your recollection, um, did they talk about or give you any messages growing up about, you know, whether you should have children, whether they want to be grandparents, anything like that? Yeah, I think that was always just considered to be a, um, like a default. Um, I think that uh, my my mom has always wanted to be a grandma. And like, they're, I, I think that both of them don't want to, you know, put pressure on me. But I do think that as a kid, I was always, um, it seemed to be always the assumption uh, assumption that I was going to um, have a kid or have kids. Okay. Um, because, you know, I would talk to my parents about, you know, I'd complain to them about something and then they would say something like, oh, well, when you have kids, you understand, you know, something like that. Um, so it was never like a direct, like, you're going to have kids, but um, there definitely was a, um, a bit of a, just an assumption that you're going to. Mm-hmm. sorry no problem and so how do you feel about that you're 20 so f- fairly young but still you're you're of an age where you could start thinking about whether you want to have kids or not how are you feeling about that yeah I mean um I don't think I'm going to if I do have kids it's not going to be for a while um but I mean I think I always uh as assumed that I was going to have kids for a while. Um, and then at some point I realized that it didn't have to be, that didn't have to be the case. And, uh, um, cause I think that it, these days the, in, there's just more conversations about alternative, like family structures and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. um, that you realize that, you know, there isn't, one default way to, to live your life like that um and people are talking more about you know 
having children in a more realistic way, like, you know, with, um, you know, that it's, you know, that it's really hard and it kind of changes your life um, in a very dramatic way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, um, I think I, I, I don't know exactly what I want, but um, I think I do have moments in my life where I'm like, oh, well, I will definitely teach my kids that, or I will, you know, tell my kids that, and I don't even hesitate when I think about that, so mm-hmm. it's probably, I don't know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And when you do think about having kids for you, is that like your own biological kids, or do you also think in terms of like foster care or adoption? Yeah, I guess, I, yeah, I always think about biological kids, and I've never really thought of uh, adopting um, well, I guess I have thought about it, but I, whenever I imagine it, it's normally a, like a, a biological child. Mm-hmm. So switching gears just a little bit, um, what are the things that make you feel concerned or maybe even anxious about the prospect of ever being a parent? Um, I, uh, I'd say the main one is that, um, I mean, it's just, you, I mean, like I said earlier, it changes your life in this really dramatic way. You have this responsibility, this enormous responsibility for the, like, small little um, malleable, um, uh, very, um, what's the word, breakable thing. Like, it's, um, it's very scary i think um to have that amount of responsibility and to sort of you got to change your life in some extreme ways and start to be more responsible and you have less flexibility like you can't just you know you can't just you know go on vacation at the drop of a hat or um you know just do anything you have to really limit your life and so i think that's that's definitely something that's very scary um, and also the, like, just kids are, are very annoying and, um, like they're, they're very, you know, it, it, it's just an objective thing that when you have a kid, it's like, there's no way that you guys are gonna be smooth sailing the entire time. So you're really signing up for like a big task. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Iris, um, just had a, I mean, has had a kid previously, as you know, like I've seen how much that has um, changed her life and um, how, uh, how much responsibility Mateo has. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, how do you feel? This is just going to be an abrupt shift, but how do you feel about climate change and the environmental changes happening to our planet? Does that factor in at all? Yeah, that's um, that for sure another thing that I would say. Um, that's a huge thing. Um, I also definitely have been thinking, especially recently, about the morals of bringing a kid into a world that's you know essentially falling apart, and we have caused pretty much irreparable damage to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of a reality that I've come to. Um, had with recently um 
I think that um, it. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know exactly where it is, but it, I. I know that the state of the world now, even now, is like um, my. I, I feel that my generation, like, of of. I, I don't know, kids slash like young adults, seems to have this different way of looking at it in that. Or at least the people that I associate with seem to just assume that the world is going to end and like that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't think it's going to be that clear cut, but there does seem to be this general like there. There was, I think, in the years prior to us and the generations prior to us, this hope that things were going to get better. But I think that my generation is definitely disillusioned with that sort of. Um, way of thinking because nothing has changed really for for decades and i think that we're really starting to see like actual effects in our daily lives i think of of climate change and i think that there's more of this um almost acceptance of the fact that this is you know not not the way that it's going to be forever Hmm. so Um, so when you say that you feel like people in your generation generally don't feel like things are going to get better, what's your vision of the future? What do you think the world will be like 10 or 20 years from now? I think that, um, personally, I mean, I think, uh, my friends will say that like, oh, this, the world is not going to be here and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, my, my kids are, (laughs) sorry, my dog's whining. Mm -hmm. Um, my kids are uh, not going to be able to live in this world. I think with the people that I associate with, I mean, uh, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that there's um, the people who are actually going to have to deal with this are the marginalized people of the world. Um, and I think that there's going to be a bracket of people in which um, there's going to be, a, I think, a bracket of people, like a wealth bracket, um, of like the top to you know however many, however rich you have to be to not be affected by climate change. And I think over time that's going to shrink. Um, I think that um, for a, a while, I think you know, rich people and you know the 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 wealthiest people of the world will not have to deal with climate change most likely. I mean, it may affect them in certain ways, but I think that um, there's just going to happen to be more and more people who are going to have to actually deal with um, climate change. So, and when you say deal with climate change, like 10 to 20 years from now, what, what do you think the average, let's say middle-class person in the U S who definitely is not wealthy what kind of dealing with it do you think we'll be doing? I don't know. I mean, I I have I don't have enough knowledge of environmentalism or uh, economics or anything. Um, but I mean, you can already see that the the economic toll. I think that that's going to be a big thing. Is food scarcity and, and water scarcity is probably going to be one of the most uh, jarring and and um, like we, I think we all imagine these big, like thunderstorms, like sweeping up our houses and stuff. I don't think that that's really going to be like the main damage. I think that food scarcity is probably going to be, you know, the, the biggest thing. Um, 
and uh, yeah, water scarcity and um, I, I, that's that's ma- mainly what I worry about because you know if the people go hungry, then I mean you know I think that um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think twenty years is like maybe not going to be that extreme. I don't know. I don't know the 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 rate at which things are are getting worse and worse. I feel like in twenty years things will probably be like. I think I will still be living my life in like a, a way in which I can kind of ignore um, what's happening around me. But I do think for my kids, probably like there's. I think there. I don't know what it would look like, but there may be some some very drastic changes to society in terms of what it's going to look like because I think that we may be forced to adapt to a world in which there really is not just not enough food for people and not enough water mm-hmm. um, and not enough and probably not enough shelter as well because you know with the rising tides and um, places becoming too arid or too cold to, to inhabit or inhabit um, inhabit um, then like I think that Food, water, and shelter are probably going to be, you know, things that people are scrambling for the most. And, and like I said, with the, the bracket, I think the people who control wealth will, will be the ones who have them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it sounds like you've thought about this, you know, uh, at least uh, several times and have had conversations with other people about it. How, yeah. how does that vision of the future, how do these things that you anticipate um, how does that make you feel? What emotions come up when you think about that? I think it's hard um, to imagine a world like a dystopian world like that um, because it, it's so hard to put yourself in a place that's not now, like mm-hmm. to imagine the world. Um, when it's not now, like when I watch something like an inconvenient truth or something like that's when I feel like genuinely very scared, mm-hmm. but probably like a couple hours after I've watched that, like I'm, I'm back to the present moment. I think everyone lives, lives so much in the present that it's really hard to, um, to imagine, um, like the actual possibility of the world being, you know, for the world changing that drastically mm-hmm. um and i think that's what is actually scaring me the most is that i don't feel like scared about it like i don't um i just sort of again like i feel like i've accepted this as something that's just going to happen like mm-hmm. and, and you know you think you'd think that if i knew that the world was ending or if i knew that things were gonna get that worse i would be I'd be riding the streets or, you know, I'd be taking drastic action. Um, But I don't know. I think there's this inability to um, accept uh, something that seems so far off, even though it's really not. Yeah. And also people, people react in really different ways. Um, But I'm curious, it sounds like you and your friends have been having these conversations. Yeah, I would say it's not not super frequent. That would be kind of sad, but um, yeah, they're definitely 
Yeah. And so in terms of um, your friends, like, do you all, do you ever talk about actions that you want to take or like how you, how you respond or how you might want to respond to these issues? I think that, um, I don't really talk about that with my friends that often, though I think the biggest thing that does come up is talking about, you know, vegetarianism and, and veganism. Hmm. Um, I have a lot of friends who are vegan and vegetarian, and most of them probably do it for, yeah, I mean, yeah, most of them I would say probably do it for environmental reasons, and I mean, alongside the other, you know, multitude of reasons why you should do it. Um, uh, but yeah, we don't really talk that much about, um, actually like what, what steps you can take to do stuff though. There is, I mean, in NYU, there is definitely an emphasis on sustainability and, um, fast fashion, I think is a thing that people attack a lot, um, because everyone loves to thrift at NYU and stuff. So, um, but I don't know if I directly talk with my friends about that kind of stuff as much, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And do you and your friends ever talk about the parenting issue, like whether you would have kids or not, or whether you're planning to? Yeah, I feel like that's more of a conversation that you would have with like a Tinder date. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I've definitely talked with that, like with friends and stuff. Um, it, it definitely comes up. I think that. Um, Everyone my age seems to be sort of in a similar boat of like not really, I mean, I'm not at a stage where I am legitimately considering having kids right now. So it's not as big a worry. It's more of just like a hypothetical issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I suspect that when I get older, probably it's going to be harder to, I mean, things are probably going to be worse. I can't imagine them getting better. And um, it'll be even more difficult to think about that kind of stuff. But it's it's already something that, you know, kind of worries me and worries other people. Mm. Um, and I think that, to be honest, a lot of... I, haven't, I, I have a lot of probably more female friends than I do male friends. Um, and I feel like on their end, I think that there's a, definitely a huge wave of... Um, modern young women who just have no interest in having kids Mm. um which i think is probably you know in part i mean it's you know probably various reasons but i think that there's definitely at least in sort of more uh progressive areas definitely less of a um um emphasis on this traditional family structure and and need to have kids yeah Um, but yeah I think a lot of them are not not even really considering it at this point and it's interesting since since you brought it up um what do your tinder dates say I mean if this is a conversation that happens (laughs) um yeah I mean not like we're actually um considering having kids on a a tinder date but I I do think (laughs) that um I think it's you know it's a similar thing that's probably like with the people who I've fielded, I've talked to about this stuff, a lot of them are just not as interested in 
uh, doing it, you know, for environmental reasons or just because they don't like kids or because they don't want to put their body through a um, extremely physically rigorous thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and I do think that adoption is definitely way uh, more common. Um, like more common to consider because mm-hmm. um, that is quite a um, I wouldn't say it's a progressive I thing but I do think that it's more of like it's environmentally like you know really helpful and and just a morally it's like a really good thing to do mm. um, but yeah I think a lot of people are a lot more people consider adoption yeah so I know that you said that you and a lot of your friends tend to not feel hopeful um, when you think about the future, but what could be a future um, or a vision of a future that you would feel hopeful about? Like, what would it take for you to feel like the future is a place that you, I don't know, feel some sort of hope about living into? Um. Well, it would definitely take radical restructuring of a lot of industries and institutions. Um, uh, and probably, you know, most likely the government is mainly. Um, I think that another thing that a lot of people talk about in my um circles is that capitalism is sort of the antithesis to um, environmental change in a lot of ways um, because of this emphasis on growth and production and um, it it really doesn't have a lot of um, consideration for the environment Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that you know I would love to live in uh, a place that is just more far more considerate of the environment and where people have more restraint and restrictions in terms of you know I, I mean ideally I would love to see a world in which most people are thinking about the environment in a different way I'm reading this book called uh, Braiding Sweetgrass I don't know if you've heard of it yeah you, you know it yeah um, and one of the things that she talks about earlier in the book is, um, the author is of Native American descent and she talks about how like this economic, um, how she would love to, to live in a world that's more based off of like Native American economics, and, which are more like, um, like reciprocate reciprocal like more um if you give me this i'll give it back to you Mm. and like very caring of the environment and less based off of this you know cold um capital-based economy more of a Mm. barter system it's hard to imagine a world in which that actually exists considering the scale of things Mm -hmm. um it's very it's so far-fetched it's like or not, I, I shouldn't say far-fetched, I mean, I should dream big, but it's like, um, it's, 
it's quite different than than what I imagined. But I would love to live in a world in which the people's minds are different. Like we, mm-hmm. we as a society, I think that we would have different psychologies and different yeah. ways of looking at um, the world, and and things would be much less cons- like concerned with you know crunching numbers and and making sure that everything is um like you have to have the right amount of money for this and you have to have this um and instead people would just be more giving um and especially more giving to the environment Mm -hmm. Um, and understanding that when you take something from the environment you should be giving back as well Mm yeah um that's a great note to end on. Those are all the questions that I have, but I wonder, is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you think would be important to include? Uh, um, no, I think, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Actually, I do have just one more question. Um, Does your major in film or any of your future plans around that, does that factor into or intersect with any of the stuff we've talked about? Yeah, that's actually a good question. I remember I was was on a date with somebody and I remember we were talking about this and she she was a psychology major, but she was taking this class on environmentalism, I think. And um she said that um she had a class in which the professor was like you guys are screwed like there's no uh like i'm sorry like i feel bad for you that you guys are screwed basically um and that the world is going to change very soon um and that's you know you're gonna have to deal with it and um I remember that being very scary and I had, um, sort of a, um, a crisis of, uh, thinking about like, like, why am I majoring in film when the world is ending? Like what I, what, like the, the, the reality that that professor is talking about is a world that that is radically different. And that will most likely have really very little for a person with a film major. Um, mm. and, I, and I think that, you know, I don't know what it would have use for, but it's, it's kind of scary to think about that what I'm currently working towards may not even be available in the future or may not be important in the future. Um, because the way I'm, I'm just assuming that we're going to have a, you know, lives that are able to sustain luxury and, and entertainment um but i mean who knows we may not have time to even you know watch movies in the future um or yeah i don't know i mean of course i don't know that professor but i do want to say i want to push back against what they said because I mean, the reality is we're living in and with climate change right now. So yeah, we're having more intense storms. Some of us are dealing with drought and wildfires. Um, 
you know, some places of the world, people can't grow food the way they used to, all of these kinds of things, they're already happening. They are intensifying, but like, we need films right now as we're going through this. And we need movies like, have you seen Don't Look Up? No, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard about it, yeah. I think we need films like that. It has sparked such a conversation um, in real life and all across social media. Tens of thousands of people are talking about it on Twitter. I've had conversations with family members who have never expressed any interest in climate change, but they love the film and they want to talk about climate change because of the film. So my personal plug is we totally need film <laughs> because yeah. like a visual form of storytelling can get things across in ways that, you know, someone like myself who teaches in a classroom or writes articles cannot. Um, yeah. And you can use satire and humor and all kinds of things. Anyway, all of that is to say, I think we do and will continue to need film. Okay. I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> okay. Um, those are all my questions. So I'm going to stop recording right now.